Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Dum 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 what a chaotic day it is going to be for me. It is Jimmy, you are about as busy as people can get these days. I suppose so. Hopefully less so in the future. Jimmy's got his Disney show. He's got the command zone. He's got game nights. He's got to run off to Comic-Con to do a bunch of stuff for the Sci-Fi channel. Yeah, Sci-Fi and Disney as well. So there's uh, it's going to be a weekend for me. That's all happening in the space of like four days, by the way, because we shot game nights, what, yes, day before yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, hey, you know, it's all good things. It's good when you're If you're busy, then things are good, right? When it rains, it pours here when in Los Angeles. When it rains, it pours. So today's episode, we are going to be revisiting what's probably going to be a meta series for the podcast from now on. And it's talking about evaluating the new mechanics from the entire block. This time, it's the block of Amonkhet. You know, it's interesting when new mechanics are revealed and we get to look at them. It can sometimes be daunting to figure out where they fit as far as the world of Commander. And so we're hopefully going to be giving some perspective on that. Yeah. But before we begin, we need to talk about our awesome sponsors. That's right. Cardkingdom.com slash Command Zone. Card Kingdom has been our sponsor now for quite a bit. And uh, I've only had a positive experience with them so far. We've gotten so much great feedback from them online. Uh, on Twitter and on the comments and stuff. They're great. Just go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's our affiliate link. And when you go there and use that link and buy cards or do whatever on the site, they will know that you are supporting the show and thus will continue to support us because we support them. And it goes back and forth. <laughs> and it's going to be time to be pre-ordering that Commander 2017 <gasps> stuff. Ooh. All of those tribal decks are coming out pretty soon. So I'm not sure if the pre-order is going to be up when you're hearing this, but it'll be soon. You should be yeah. you should be visiting Card Kingdom often to make sure you get your hands on that Commander stuff. Our other awesome sponsor is Ultra Pro. Ultra. In fact, I stashed something back here. Hang on. Wop, 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 wop. Ultra this Pro just sick. came out with this new backpack. So it's it's geared specifically towards collectible card games and magic players it has multiple like special little 
compartments. Compartments that can hold binders, binders and things like that. It actually has sort of a cube. Um, not not like well, it can fit a cube in the sort of <laughs> middle part. Uh, but they they shaped it so that where's the zipper for this? There is no zipper. They there shaped it, it so that it can fit decks. It can fit, you know. Yeah, look how much space there is. Holy tons crap. of space. And one of the things I really like about this backpack is there's actually a secret sort of security area. So if you've got a trade binder that has, you know, all your sort of best stuff and it can go sort of behind, oh, yeah. it'll be it'll be the part that's flush against your back. So it's harder for somebody to maybe just grab that binder out of your backpack. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of like the laptop cases. Some of them are, our backpacks have them back here as well. Yeah, so it's just, it would be pretty difficult for somebody to get to that area if you're actually wearing the backpack, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. So Ultra Pro, always making awesome new stuff, <laughs> definitely. Uh, that backpack's something to check out. Of course, the Eclipse Leaves, something to check out. So thank you to them for sponsoring our show. Yeah, that's the Citadel backpack. All right, the last way to sponsor the show and support us is through Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash command zone. Every single episode, we announce another random patron to give them our thanks. In this episode, it is... Patrick Lee. Lee. Thanks, Patrick. Patrick, you rock. You rock. Thanks for supporting the show. Okie dokie, lemon squeezy, pokey pokey. <laughs> It went perfectly. That's yeah. how that's how that's ring around goes. the rosy. <laughs> it's the main topic: evaluating new mechanics. This time in the Amonkhet slash Hour of Devastation block. I will note that this is going to be one of the few last times I believe we get to do this for a block, because we are going to a single set format soon. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe we'll just yeah. have to combine combine like one or two sets, because like one set evaluating the new mechanics probably not enough new mechanics. Yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll tackle that when it, when it comes up. <laughs> yeah, when it gets there. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so we're going to help you figure out how to utilize the new mechanics introduced in sets, whether or not they're going to make it into your quote-unquote main deck and commander. And we often forget there are a lot of old mechanics that new mechanics are based off of or are throwing back to. Um, oftentimes, like with a return to block, you have a lot of that. Uh, but our Devastation just came out, so it gives us a full look at what Amonkhet slash Hour has to offer for commander. Yeah, I like this going back and evaluating things in this way because there's often uh, mechanics in Magic because there's been so many where it's like, that mechanic is cool. But there's not enough of it that I can really build an EDH deck around because I need 100 cards and I yeah. can only have one of each card. And so you really need critical mass of you know a mechanic or mechanics that work in a certain way. So I'm always excited to check like, oh, did one of these old mechanics working with a new mechanic reach me to that critical mass where now I can build a deck? Yeah, or it made it even better or like, hey, this mechanic's going to slot really well into this deck. So for each of the mechanics we talk about, we're going to talk about what commander it pairs well with, what individual cards does it pair well with. And then, of course, strategies to finding these cards on EDH Rec or on Gatherer or whatever you use to search for magic cards on the internet. All right, let's start with, there's two mechanics that are really very similar. So it's Embalm and Eternalize. So for the um, God Pharaoh. For the God Pharaoh. So Amonkhet had Embalm. And Embalm is a mechanic that breathes new life into creatures that have entered the graveyard. So they have an Embalm cost, and you can pay the Embalm cost from the graveyard and then that creature returns to the battlefield as a token copy that's also a white zombie in addition to its other types but otherwise is the exact same as the original creature yeah literally like mummifying it so that they pop onto the new world and they are the same creature as before but they're a token so they're much more susceptible to bounce and all that stuff but it's a way to get the card back and eternalize was our hour of devastation's version of embalm so nickel bolas is back and this time, he's eternalizing cards out of the graveyards. And it's a little bit more interesting because the cards that come back are always a 4-4 instead of their original stats. And they're a black zombie in addition to its other creature types. Yeah, so it keeps all the other stats from the creature, the token does, but except the power and toughness. The power and toughness from eternalize is always 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. 
Some notable cards that have in bomb. Angel of Sanctions was sort of the bomb of Amonkhet, where when it comes into the battlefield as a 3-4 flyer for 5, you can exile target non-land permanent in the opponent controls until it leaves the battlefield, and then you get to do it again for 6 mana. Yeah. So, in so bomb, that you card is really good. <laughs> it's really good. Unlimited. Uh. Actually, it may be okay in, in EDH as well, just because you do get another use for it when it you does You kind of get an O-ring on a stick, yeah, and then and you get to do it again. So, yeah. yeah. Also, oftentimes, the embalm cost is a ton more than the original mana cost, because if it was lower, it would have blown limited. It would just have power skewed too far and limited. But Angel of Sanctions is five to cast normally and only six to embalm. So it's pretty good on both sides of that card. Uh, one of the other sort of notable embalm cards is Temet who was highlighted in Game Nights, I want to say number six. Mel Lee played the Temet deck. I think it is. Uh, it's Temet, Vizier of Noctamoon. Temet is a 2-2 for a blue and a white legendary creature, human cleric, so legendary, can be your commander. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature token you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn and can't be blocked this turn. And then it has embalmed for three, a blue and a white. So two drop. 2-2, two, two, makes thing, makes tokens unblockable and pumps them a little bit, and embalms for 5 mana. Um, and it will target itself after it embalms itself. I want to say that Mel built a pretty sweet deck around this using, like, germ tokens oh, so on... Cool, yeah. yeah, something I would definitely not have thought of. Uh, so I think this is a possible deck. I don't think it's, like, a tier 1 deck, but a fun one. Yeah, uh, and having a 2-drop commander is pretty powerful, though. It's a cool idea to be like, I'm going to be Voltron, but I'm going to be token Voltron. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, there's also the Vizier of the Anointed, which is just a tutor for Embalm slash Eternalized cards. The only problem... That oh, that's interesting, but it tutors him to the graveyard. Tutors right? him to the graveyard, yeah, yeah. which is kind of cool. But it's 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 a four-mana card. The only problem with Embalm and Eternalize is that there aren't enough of them in order to make a full-on Embalm slash Eternalized deck, and Eternalize even less so. There are less Eternalized creatures than Embalm ones. Um, so it's an interesting There's a balance. cost problem, I think, too, in that yeah. Embalm and Eternalize both tend to cost quite a bit. And so what you're getting is an inefficient creature on both ends. Yeah. Just not something we generally want in uh, in EDH. You know, yeah. Vizier of Many Faces, is that the uh, is that the clone in Yes, bomb? that's the clone in That one yeah. might be good enough because clones are just so good in our format. Yeah, I mean, the the and it's also cost four and embalms five. Yeah. So anytime the embalm cost isn't that much more than the actual cost. Uh, and you're willing great. to pay four for a clone anyway. So now you just get another clone for five sort of tacked onto that one. Yeah. I mean, of course, yes, people can uh, ex exile your creature and then you don't get to do the embalm. But most of the time, stuff goes to the graveyard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I You know, I do like Embalm and Eternalize, but I think they're super limited just because yeah, the cost super limited. limited. Yeah. They are super unlimited. There aren't many cards that have the text on it, so if you're going to build a deck around it, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. However, if you're building a deck that wants to put stuff in the graveyard, it's obviously a little bit better in those kinds of decks. Yeah, I agree. My first thought about Embalm and Eternalize both is that those mechanics are not very good for commander but yeah. it is fun to sort of see say like okay but if i force myself to use them are there some ways that might that that might work right yeah um so what type of commander will pair best with embalm and internalize if we just had to use it um we put down temet which we already talked about uh, that's an obvious one because it does create tokens yeah and temet himself has embalm someone said prosh uh, that I was looking online. I was like, oh yeah, Prosh does like to sacrifice things as he also makes tokens when he comes into play. So if you're doing a token build, then you might think of having at l maybe one or two Embalmed Life Eternalized creatures in there to benefit from those tokens. Yeah, especially like, yeah, yeah, something where it has an effect that you want or whatever and you get that effect twice. And yeah, it's a little costly the second time, but still worth it. Yeah. Oh, there's a good one. Tristani, 
Celestia's voice. Pot potentially the best one. Yeah, so Tristani uh, has the ability to populate, and populate makes a, a copy of uh, one of your tokens, right? So this is usually like you're making tokens are generic, so it's like a 3-3 beast. But yeah. because Embalm and Eternalize are making copies of real creatures that have abilities, it could get out of hand, I could see, especially if you can like untap Tristani and maybe make you know imagine if you're doing vizier of many faces to yeah. populate or the angel of sanctions right yeah. like let's say you populate the angel of sanctions like six times and just oh exile gosh, all the yeah. non-land permanents it seems like it could be really good just because making a copy of a real creature rather than the copy of a token i mean it's quote unquote real creature i know it's still a token anyway yeah. and also vizier does not fit in the tristani deck but you could have a three color populate deck who knows yeah. angel of sanctions fits in there oh gosh that card <laughs> Um, Get, populating that token would be nuts. <laughs> another thing we like to think about is sort of what old mechanics does do these new mechanics work with. So one thing you put on here was populate, obviously, yeah. which we just talked about. Populate seems to be one of the better things, I think. If, if, if you can get a real embalm creature or an eternalized creature with a great enter the battlefield ability... And then populate it a bunch of times. You can do crazy stuff. I think that that would be yeah, a possibility. Definitely. Um, I put evolve down here because if you're having the creature come back from the graveyard, it's another evolve trigger. It's it's a little loose. We're but... stretching it here because I really don't think embalm and internalize is great for EDH. There are some limited applications, but overall, I don't think you should ever really build a deck around it. Now, I would think about maybe select cards for Zombie Tribal would be possible. So Zombie Tribal might want an effect right. that isn't really common to a zombie-type creature. But Eternalize and Embalm both make zombies. So when, when they go to the graveyard, they might not be a zombie. But when you bring them back, they are either a white zombie or a black zombie. And that might pair well with your Zombie Tribal stuff and give you access to something that like a zombie-themed deck wouldn't normally have. That's a so good I could point. see that. And those decks are more likely to want to have cards that put, like, in tombs and stuff that go into the graveyard. Really good point, actually, yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of cards that sort of tutor stuff to your graveyard that's great with Embalm and Eternalized Creatures. Or is great the right word? It's good. It's, it's fine. Good. Yeah, it's it, fine. It works. <laughs> Someone might go, oh, that's cute. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some individual cards that these mechanics pair well with. Obviously, token doublers. So doubling season, parallel lives, anointed procession. Anointed procession specifically because it is a white token doubler essentially yeah. that, that really hasn't been seen that effect in white before again trustani looks like a place because you could have all of those imagine if you have parallel oh lives out you yeah. you eternalize or embalm a creature with a good angel of sanctions boom it makes two tokens xl two non-land non permanents then you populate make two more xl two more non-land permanents now yeah, you're really so. doing something yeah now you're actually doing something and and i think green white does seem like the best for this because you'll say a primal vigor Another great card. Uh, Aura Shards as well. It gives you two triggers off each creature that you play if you get to eternalize it. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, survival of the Fittest or any sort of thing that makes you discard. It's oh. funny. All these cards are, are green and green white. And white. Uh, yeah. Survival of the Fittest is really good because you usually lose value by putting something in the graveyard and going to get another card. Yeah. Uh, survival, I, I should... I'm just going to explain it. What you do is you... It's an enchantment. You pay a green mana. You discard a creature card from your hand, and then you go tutor for a creature card. It's absurd. So <laughs> usually you lose the creature card you discarded, but if it has Eternalizer on Bomb, you didn't technically lose access to that card. You can still yeah. cast it from your graveyard. So that's interesting. And then my favorite board white for token board white for token decks is Hour of Reckoning. So it's four white, white, white for a Convoke Sorcery to destroy all non-token creatures. So, is really good. So one-sided board wipe. Yeah. And your tokens aren't like 1-1 one, one squirrels. They're all like actual creatures. Actual creatures. Yeah. Not to mention that when, let's say, you are you have a creature with Embalm that is going to die from this, well, just Convoke with it. 
it's gonna die anyway yeah that's a good point so there you go there you angel go. of sanctions looking better and better every one of these cards feels really good with angel of sanctions yeah exactly so there are also some cards that don't say the word eternalize but they do basically eternalize so we're talking about the scarab god uh who we we went really in depth on last episode the Scarab God, you pay two, a blue, and a black, and you exile target creature from a graveyard, yeah, so anybody's powerful. graveyard, and then you create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 four, four black zombie. So it eternalizes something out of somebody else's graveyard or your own, potentially. Um, and then there's God Pharaoh's Gift. God Pharaoh's Gift is a seven-drop artifact, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, you, have to, you can exile a creature from your graveyard, so that's not anybody's graveyard. But if you do it eternalizes it. It mm -hmm. creates a token that's a copy, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. So these have the ability to sort of give eternalize to regular creatures that wouldn't otherwise have eternalize in right. your graveyard. And so that got me thinking, are there cards that sort of want to be in exile? Oh, yes. In fact, and there are. Yeah, there are a few. Um, one is Torrent Elemental. Yeah, it's a, it's a card from, uh, what was it, Fate Reforged, four in the blue for a 3-5 flyer. But you can put it, from exile onto the battlefield tapped for three and then uh, Golgari, Golgari. So this would go in a Sultai deck. Um, but it's interesting because when this creature attacks, tap all creatures defending player controls. And in a four-player game, if you just swing at someone for three in the air and then they have you pass the turn, that let's say the person's right next to your right, mm -hmm. they have to just sit there with all their creatures tapped while everyone else is like, whoa, swim, free damage. <laughs> well, I'll just yeah. kill you yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this card is actually, I think, secretly powerful, especially if you're running cards with like Delve and stuff or you're eternalizing cards, exiling things from your graveyard. In general, Torrent Elemental seems like a fun way to really abuse that. I think effect. in that five-color uh, gods deck we were talking about, you could sort of put it onto the battlefield, tap every, tap somebody's creatures, sack it, re-eternalize it with Scarab God, put it into the battlefield. Yeah. Because when you eternalize, it's exiling it. Now it's an exile. You can do its second ability. Oh, yeah, this other card also works in a sort of similar fashion. Mist Hollow Griffin. Mist Hollow, Mist Hollow Griffin is two blue-blue for a creature griffin. It has flying. It's a 3-3, three, three, but it says you may cast Mist Hollow Griffin from exile. Where should we have put this in? I, you had a great point before we filmed this episode. Yeah, in I think in this five color gods deck, it's a possibility because you might eternalize your own Miss Griffin from the graveyard, then just cast it from exile, and then sack it, goes to the graveyard, eternalize it, goes to exile. And if you have Play infinite it. mana, if you have ways to abuse it, you can just have a thousand Miss Griffins. Seems then... seems decent. I mean, then and their four four is not three threes, so that's, yeah, that's pretty true. good. That's uh, well, some of them are, and some of them are three. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and then if you're eternalizing stuff out of other people's graveyards, you're actually sending their creature to exile when you do that. And we touched on this in the set review. Mm -hmm. uh, but there were things called processors from the Battle for Zendikar uh, set. And processors were cards that sort of took one of your opponent's cards that was in exile and then put it back into their graveyard. And then you get some sort of effect. Yeah. Oracle of Dust lets you loot. Um, Cryptic Cruiser, I think, lets you tap stuff. Tap stuff, yeah. Yeah, and there's one that makes uh, one one scions. Yeah, void attendance. Yeah, and and these are all sort of reusable effects that process. Yeah, um, void attendance seems great considering it's a token, creates tokens. It um, ramps you. Those ramps tokens you. ramp you. Yeah, those tokens can help pay for the cost of the mm -hmm. void attendance thing, and you can maybe get in these loops, or it might just be good to because if you internalize something from somebody else and it exiles it but that creature's awesome mm -hmm. you might just want to do that again like let's say it's a six slime or something and if i can just do that five times i can blow up you know oh, all yeah. the problematic stuff but the problem is when i eternalize it with the scarab god it goes into exile but now i process it back into the graveyard 
do it again, do it again, do it again. Yeah, and now you have a lot of little scions too if you're doing it with Void Attendant. So seems a little magical Christmas landy, but it's Commander. It's Commander. Hey, you build it right, your dreams will happen. Um, <laughs> so a great strategy to find cards that fit with all this is going to something like EDH Rec and just looking up those cards or even cards that are similar. Uh, and then on Gatherer, if you're looking up stuff like Token Enters the Battlefield would be a term that I would be interested in looking, or Creature Enters the Battlefield Under Your Control, or If in Effect You Create One or More Tokens, or Populate, the, all the sort of things we talked about, the yeah, more I look, narrow, the better. Yeah, I looked up uh, From Exile to the Battlefield. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. There's probably stuff we, we didn't type in. That, there's probably more things, obviously, than we yeah. just now came up with. But uh, Well, and Exile Creature Card from a Graveyard, all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Embalm. Good stuff. Eh, eh, eternalized. Eh. What do you think eh, uh, on a on a on a I'll one to ten? A, how good in commander? If Angel of Sanctions didn't exist, it's like a two out of ten. Yeah, but Angel of Sanctions single handedly gets it to like four. Yeah, three or four. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that card. Yeah, if you could, if you can do some messed up stuff with that card, is yeah. possible. Um, all right, let's move on to the next mechanic. Exert. <sighs> That's like me after the gym. Oh, also me before the gym. That's me after a cup of coffee. All right, cards <laughs> with Exert have a special extra bonus when they attack and sometimes activate an ability, which sort of levels up the ability and makes it more powerful or gives it another ability. However, as a result, that creature doesn't untap during your next untap step. It's resting. It's uh, taking an off day. It has to drink a protein shake. Yeah, it tried really hard, harder than a normal attack or yeah. tap. Well, they have to, you know, like... They you know, have to they, exert themselves. They have to exert themselves. Uh, <laughs> speaking of angels that are white, that have white, white in their mana cost, here's the only... Uh, here's the best exert creature, I think. Yeah, it's really good. Angel of Condemnation. It's two white, white for a 3-3 three, three. angel, flying, vigilance. Has two activated abilities. You can pay two and a white and tap the Angel of Condemnation and exile another target creature, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So it kind of ruins something. Or you can pay two and a white, tap and exert the Angel of Condemnation, and then it just exiles another target creature until the Angel of Condemnation leaves the battlefield. So in, wow. if you don't exert it, the thing comes back at the end step and you blink it. If you do exert it, the thing just doesn't come back until this Angel of Condemnation is gone. This card is very good yes. in a lot of different ways because it gives you a lot of flexibility. You get to choose if you want to just flicker another creature or kill a token on someone else's like thing or like stop something from attacking. You can like essentially Maze of Ith something as well yep. as long as it doesn't have an ETB ability. And then the second part of it, not only does it exile other creatures, but you can do it to save your own. Yep. So it seems seems pretty sweet. I, yeah. I, I, like, I like this card. Um, I think it has a lot of uses, especially if you can sort of get into abusing the tapping, untapping it. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I think that's one of the things we're going to talk about with Exert is the ability to untap your stuff. Uh, yeah. This was one people talked about a lot from Amonkhet. It's Champion of Ronus. Champion of Ronus. I'll let you read it. I yeah. read the last one. Yeah. Three in the green for a 3-3 three, three Jackal Warrior, and you can exert the champion as it attacks. If you do, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Whoop. Just so cheat just, out the creature. You just kind of, cheat anything out. Just you know, piper it out. Ulamog. You want to cast a mug generally, but I don't you know. Know. it's still indestructible. That guy's sticking around. It's still good. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a really good one. Combat Celebrant oh, is yeah. sort of the red version. It, when you exert it, it gives you another attack step. They all. Uh, it, the, the cool thing is it actually untaps all other creatures you control. So if you're exerting other creatures when you attack with a Combat Celebrant or you have an Angel of Condemnation, they're all going to untap and you can use their abilities again because Combat Celebrant is giving you an attack phase, but more importantly, untapping your creatures after you attack. This is, a, this is a Josh card right here. Yep. Hope Tender is one in a green for a 2-2. Two, two. You can either pay one and tap it to untap target land, or you can pay one, tap, and exert it 
to untap two target lands. A lot of ways to go infinite with this here yep. too, I think. Yep. Anything that's going to untap two lands is going to have the ability to go infinite because you yeah. can just, you're up on mana when you use it, especially if those things are like bounce lands and you're getting four mana. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, powerful and limited, real good in decks with like your ancient tombs and all that stuff. So exert feels like a mechanic that is, again, a little lackluster in commander. I mean, there, mm -hmm. there's, I think there's maybe slightly more ways to abuse it then embalm yeah yeah i think so because it's cheaper right you, it doesn't cost anything to exert a creature other than an untap phase and then the effects that go well with it in general apply very well across the board to other things in your deck yeah and i think if you have other effects yeah like untap like if you just have a face stitcher in the, in the deck and that's the type of deck that has a few of those effects then some of these things might just be good in there because yeah you know you can just use that ability more than once um I, I should say that because uh, we, we sort of mismentioned it earlier. It is a triggered ability. So when you exert the creature, but most of the creatures with abilities say, and then when this creature becomes exerted, you do this. So right. there are also some things that sort of work with triggered abilities that may work. All right, good point. Um, so what type of commander will pair best with exert creatures? Well, Rune of the Hidden Realm comes to mind. He is, you know, he also has a very important keyword on him that's Vigilance that we'll talk a little about in a second. But yeah, he's able to get your creatures back and then they're fresh, ready to be exerted again. Uh, yeah, he kind of untaps them. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the out that can be the outcome of what he does if you, if you blink the thing out and then it comes back, it's going to come back untapped. And now if you did that before your turn, it can exert again on your turn. Yep. Uh, Samut, a voice a is a good one for whatever, one thing. Samut, whatever the Samut is, yeah, voice Samut, of descent, yeah, voice of descent. So Samut works really good with exert creatures for two reasons. One, it gives all your creatures haste. Yeah. So you can use them right away, right? So combat celebrants, imagine, comes out, attacks, you exert, you're gonna get an extra combat step, and then Samut can also untap the combat celebrants so that you can do that again next turn and next turn and next turn. Yeah, you always have two combat steps. Which is pretty crazy. Or Champion of Ronus. You're always just going to be able to cheat something yeah, out. Yeah. Um, Champion of Ronus and Samut and combat celebrant. Two whoa, creatures. Whoa. We're Every going turn. crazy. So that's a really good ability, right? Being able to untap the exert creature. Yeah. Uh, or Champion of Ronus getting Samut out. Good oh point. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh my gosh. Christmas Bitch. land. Christmas land. Uh, Brago is another one kind of like Rune that will blink the creatures. Yeah. And then they'll come back untapped. So you can, you know, you basically use their exert every time. I think there's a lot of creatures that if it just said when it attacks, mm -hmm. do this thing, it would be awesome. Like Champion of Ronus is really good then. And so is Combat Celebrants. Yeah. Um, but because sometimes you exert and then it doesn't untap, and so you really it's saying do this every other time it attacks, then it's much worse. Much, much worse. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you put exert creatures in your deck if you don't have a way to use them twice. Yeah. Uh, or, or to get rid of the untap next phase part, next untap phase. Aurelia, the war leader. And this is like, I think the main part of exert, because it's usually combat based, is you're trying to make the most value out of combat. So this yeah. is a great way for red, white, red, green decks, I think, to get a little edge is basically having, because they're so reliant on combat to kill people, if they're able to constantly attack twice, they're going to be way more effective. So Aurelia is um, good. Derevi. Derevi's really good. Of course, Derevi herself will just untap the thing. Yeah. Uh, every time you do and then, damage. And every time the thing itself does damage, it can untap itself with Derevi out. So what old mechanics work with Exert? Uh, vigilance, we've already sort of talked about. Stand tall. So if you Exert something... And it attacks. It exert doesn't actually cause it to tap or anything. Yeah, it just means it won't untap 
the next untapped staff. Well, if it has vigilance, it wasn't tapped to begin with, so it doesn't care. It can just attack again and exert the the very next turn. Yeah. If your opponent has a way to tap it down, it won't untap the next untapped step. But in general, vigilance plus like the champion of Ronus or Combat Celebrant ability is really powerful. Um untappers as well. So obviously we have Vizier of the Tumbling Sands is a new one tapper. Oh, that that's came a good out. one. Sweet. You can uh, cycle in follower, follower, fate stitcher, even stuff like Staff of Dominations and yeah. things like that could do it. Uh, blink, which we already talked about with Brago and Rune, but any kind of Blink will exile the creature, then it comes back into play, and it's going to come back untapped. Yeah. So that's another way. Let's um, talk about some sweet cards this mechanic pairs well with. Always Watching. Been hoping to put this card in the deck for a while. It's one white-white. I think you get uh, creatures get plus one, plus one. It's non-token creatures, right? Non-token, yeah. Get plus oh, one, no, plus it's just one creatures have, you control. Oh, yeah, no, non-token. Non -token. Yeah. And, and have Vigilance, so... The, the Vigi is the part that you The Vigi really is like. the big one, yeah. yeah. Um, a card that's gone up in price, unfortunately, but it's still very good with this kind of effect. It's just very good all the time. Yeah, it's all the time. Seaborn Muse. We could put this under every freaking category. This card uh, is just Prophet of Crufix. Yeah, minus the flash bit. Yeah, I know, but it's funny because it's become sort of the de facto replacement for Prophet, and it does yeah. a really good impersonation. So Seaborn Muse just says, untap all permanents you control during each other player's untap step. Uh, that's one of those cards that if it comes out and it survives a rotation of the table, you're probably losing that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also thought any card that makes other creatures come into the battlefield tapped, uh, because you're trying to attack them, having them not be able to play good defenders, and whereas you're able to untap as well, so Blind Obedience is really good, Authority of the Consoles. And then I put Strionic Resonator, because it is a triggered ability, so something like Combat Celebrants, oh, Champion gosh. of Ronus, oh, you gosh. can just double up that effect. Um, For a cheap... Cheap, cheap amount. Yeah, Strionic Resonator is just two and tap it, and you copy target triggered ability you control. And if you're already untapping stuff, you're also going to be untapping stuff like Gilded Lotuses and Mana Rocks and Strionic Resonator, so you're able to use this more than once. Oh, that's a really good point. You're if you already had, untapping. If you had Fate Stitcher, you could all of a sudden copy Combat Celebrants, you know, exert it, get an extra combat step. Yeah. Copy it with Strionic Resonator, tap Fate Stitcher, untap Strionic Resonator, copy it again. All of a sudden, yeah. I don't have infinite, but I've got like three or four combat steps. That seems good. Yeah. And specifically because Combat Celebrant is trying, it says if it hasn't been exerted this turn, so it doesn't want you to have infinite combat steps, but you can get kind of close. Yeah. Um, all right. So what did we search for on EDH Rec to find some of these cards? Creatures you control have vigilance. Untap target creature. Untap target permanent. Or triggered ability. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. All right. Let's move on to the next uh mechanic this is aftermath that's the name of our playmat our playmat is pretty sweet listen yeah. when you think aftermath you should think about our playmat but after that you should think about these split cards that you have to turn your head sideways to read fully uh <laughs> it's the name of the split card mechanic from almond Ket. it's where it's one card that has two spells on it and each spell can only be cast from a certain zone so let's take commit to memory as an example it's three and a blue for an instant. It says put target spell or non-land permanent into its owner's hand, or sorry, library, second from the top. So it takes something in play and puts it into that person's library, not the top card, the second card down. That's the part you can cast from your hand. But memory has aftermath, and aftermath means you can only cast this part of the spell from the graveyard. And memory says each player shuffles his or her hand and graveyard into uh, his or her library and then draws seven cards. So it's, uh, what card is that? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, some sort of windfall-esque effect? There's a card famously that it 
does that. It's the guy and all the planets are falling around. Oh, oh, time, uh, time, time reversal? reversal? Time reversal, yeah. In fact, it's one of the animations that Jeffrey Palmer did for us. Yeah, it's it's three blue blue for time reversal, same thing. But then you exile time reversal, and so do you exile memory as well. The idea is that you put a permanent second from the top, and they don't have time to drop before you can commit it to memory. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, Aftermath is really interesting. There's a lot... It, there, it's hard to really gauge this because the different kind of spells that are here are all very different. For instance, refuse to cooperate. The the red side deals damage to a target spell, target spells controller equal to that spell CMC, and then the aftermath of it, you get a t copy target instant or sorcery spell. So you could actually copy refuse, I believe, after it's been cast and it's on the stack and it's in a graveyard. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah, you should be able to. Or or we're just, not judges. Don't don't yeah. Don't yell us wrong there. But I think you can. But in this case, I think both are legitimately good sides. One, you get to sometimes just hit someone for twenty if they're doing something crazy, and cooperate being able to fork a spell in blue from the graveyard. From the graveyard is is pretty interesting too. So it's tough to really gauge this as an overall mechanic because all the cards do such different things across different colors. I think they're very similar to the split cards, the fuse cards from Return yeah. of Ravnica and whatnot in, in how that mechanic is going to work and play out. It's a little bit different because you don't have the choice of either side of the card. You can only play one while it's in your hand and the other while it's in the graveyard. So yeah. I think things that care about instants and sorceries are generally going to care about it. Yeah, you just wrote down Mizzix, which is a good one. Melek. Uh, is another one. Yep. We don't talk about Melik as much. I don't think the deck is as good as Mizzix, but maybe that's actually good that it's not as good. <laughs> yeah. um, so Melik is four and is it four blue and a red for a two four legendary creature, a weird wizard. He is definitely weird. You play with the top card of your library revealed and you may cast the top card of your library if it's an instant or sorcery card. And then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery card or sorry, spell from your library, you may choose new targets for the copy or sorry, you copy, copy it, it yeah. and you may choose new targets for the copy. So if an Aftermath card is sitting on the top, you can only still cast the non-Aftermath half of it, but you'll get get to use it twice. Yeah. And then it'll go to the graveyard, and then you can also cast it from your graveyard, although Melek won't copy it once it's not the top card of the library. But Yeah. I think the best way to work with this mechanic is to look at all of the Aftermath cards and see which ones fit best with your commander. For instance, Kaidel is really good with Commit to Memory because you're drawing a bunch of cards off it. Alesha is really good with Dusk Till Dawn. Dusk to Dawn, sorry. Um, because this is a card that destroys all creatures with power three or greater, and then you can aftermath it to return all creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to your hand, which pairs very well with what Alesha is trying to do. Yeah, Alesha's all power two or less stuff, basically, because yeah. that's what she brings back from the graveyard. It's interesting because this reminds me, actually, of Embalm and Eternalize. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, it's just the instant and sorcery version. It's like bringing an, an instant or sorcery from the graveyard. Although the effects aren't the same. So whereas a bomb makes a token copy of exactly that creature, right. the aftermath spell is not the same as the initial spell that you cast with it. But it's still this idea of getting extra value from cards in your graveyard. So playing uh -huh. a card a second time, or when we talk about old mechanics that work well with this new mechanic, uh, we've got things like discard, looting self mill this is all like well if i'm going to purposefully put it into my graveyard and replace it with another card or some other effect i can still have access to some value from my graveyard for putting it in there i didn't just lose it yeah not to mention it's a very sneaky thing you can do too discarding x and x and if people don't read it like great you all of a sudden had a an instant speed source or an you instant got that speed card. yeah you got a fork in your library that yeah. or in your graveyard that someone may not see um yeah flashback obviously works well with this too you might want to put this in a deck that is already playing a lot with this graveyard so yeah, and speaking of, so when we talk about some individual cards that work well with the mechanic, stuff like Mnemonic Wall and Archaeomancer, obviously, because they're going to get those cards back to your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, Gutter Snipe is another really good one. 
because right. you're going to cast it on the front end, trigger gutter snipe, cast it out of your graveyard, trigger gutter snipe. Um, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. This Bedlam, is a card. Bellum Reveler. I like this guy. I feel like it should see a little more play. I think so, too. It's a little limited to certain decks, but yeah. six red red for a 3-4. It costs one less to cast for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. I don't know, by the way, if this counts for an aftermath. It counts once. once. Okay, so those cards that. only count as one, yeah. Uh, but it has prowess as well. But when it enters the battlefield, you discard your, hard than, your hand and draw three cards. So you're already putting cards in the library and the graveyard again. You get to draw more cards. It's a great way to catch up, too, because sometimes you just cast this for red red late in the game and just get three new cards. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I like that card. Um, Not to mention you can cast a spell and then make it cheaper, so you can usually double up what you're doing with the Bellum Reveler. Yeah, this one is more straightforward, I think, because split cards have already sort of explored a very similar space, and yeah. there's not a lot, a ton of difference between uh, Aftermath cards and split cards as far as their usefulness in EDH. Yeah, yeah. and not to mention now that the new CMC yes. rule is in effect, you can't abuse the different costs of each card to get something else. Yeah, and these were designed so that you really couldn't anyway because you can't, you don't, you're not choosing a half of it. Yeah. It just depends on where it is. Where it is, yeah, or fusing it or whatever. Um, the next right. one is probably the best one for Commander, honestly, as yeah, far as I like agree. general usefulness, even though it's not exciting, but it's cycling. So cycling is any effect that lets you pay a, you pay a cost and then you discard the card from your hand and you draw a card to replace it. That cycles it. Now, there's a bunch of cards with cycling that say when you cycle this card, you still get an effect. And there's a couple of things that are really good about that. Um, one is you're getting the effect quote unquote for free it's not costing you a card because you're yeah. replacing that card and the other is cycling isn't technically casting the spell so it's just harder to counter now you still can with like a stifle or that new card what is it nimble obstructionist, nimble obstructionist yeah um but it's just more difficult so if you have some sort of little board wipe on a cycler um yeah. you you're gonna get that off more likely than you know if you're just playing it into open blue mana so Cycling also allows you to have sort of narrow cards in your deck. So you might not want to have a card in your deck that just says destroy target artifact because that card is really bad when there's no artifacts on the table or yeah. at least none that you want to destroy. But if the card has cycling, now it's not that bad because worst case scenario, it, you just cycle it away and, and replace that card for a mana or two. Uh, so it creates a lot of versatility uh, on any card that has cycling. Yeah, and there's a whole two-color land cycle from the last cycle, funny enough, from, from Hour of Desolation's last Amonkhet that allows you to cycle the land away. And those lands, I think, are really good for EDH because if you draw them late in the game and you have a ton of mana, you're not going to want to play the land. Just cycle it away and, and get a new shot at something else. So the upside of a cycling land is really good. Yeah, the bicycle lands. Yeah. And then there's a really new cool card called Abandoned Sarcophagus from the set. It's a three-drop artifact that says you may cast non-land cards with cycling from your graveyard. Uh, but if a card would be put into your graveyard for anywhere and it wasn't cycled, exile instead. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, this is kind of the thing that you maybe would hold in your hand until later on, and then you have a bunch of cycle cards in your graveyard. Then you play it, and then you can start replaying all those cards later on when someone's like, haha, they can't get their graveyard back. But interesting card indeed. Um, yeah, I, I can see. I think because cycling is a returning mechanic, so it has existed before, and there might be critical mass now of cycling. It's not just cards with cycling. It's also cards that sort of pay you for having cycling that you need as far as critical mass. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll talk about that a little further on, but it, we might be near that point now because this is a mechanic that's returned a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> Chef at Monitor, I will mention, it's a creature that has a three and a green cycle, and when you cycle it, you can search your library for a basic land or a desert card, put it onto the battlefield, untapped, and then shuffle your library. That's good. So that's interesting. Cycle, cycle to get a land. Yeah, and you get another card, so you put the land on the battlefield, but you replace that card. Yeah. Um, 
nimble obstructionist, which we touched on, I think is also very good for a commander, especially if you're playing in a playgroup that has like a lot of planeswalker decks, super friends decks. Yeah. Uh, because it's a three one flyer with flash for two and a blue, but you can cycle it for two and a blue. And when you cycle it, you counter target activated or triggered ability you don't control. Because your cycle is coming. <laughs> yeah, and because you're cycling it, they can't even counter that counter unless they have something that counters an ability. Yeah. And so you could really do, you know, if somebody's gonna they got doubling season down, they play the planeswalker, they go to activate that ultimate and you nimble instructionist it. And that can be just enough so that you don't all die yeah. to the deck at that moment. And it's very hard to interact with this cycling stifle. Yeah, cycling is just great because it is very hard to interact with. In fact, I played Decree of Annihilation in one of my decks, and when oh, you yeah. cycle it, you destroy all lands. It's it's like an uncounterable, unstoppable, destroy all lands sort of things. Yeah, it's not technically uncounterable, we know, but we know. it's very difficult very, and very rare that it would it. happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about what type of commanders are going to pair best with cycling. There's, there's sort of two marquee commanders that play with your graveyard. There's more than that, but these are the big ones, Carador and Marin, mm -hmm. as far as bringing creatures back from your graveyard. So if you're playing a creature like Shafet Monitor yeah. that has cycling on it, not only do you get additional value, but you also have an easy way to get it into the graveyard. Sometimes Marin wants to get it in there. And then get it back to your hand and play it again. Yeah, well, Marin's going to put it directly onto the battlefield, and you don't want to pay the mana for it. So right. you could go like, oh, I cycle it for, you know, there's cards with cycling for like one black. Put it in there, then... Marin just puts it right out there and you get a free, you know, six mana or whatever. And if you don't have enough uh, experience counters, it just brings it to your hand. So yep. you just cycle it again. So you just get free card draw kind of yeah. that way. We also have the Locust God who just wants you to draw cards in any way possible. And in general, if you're trying to get through your deck to get to your big winners, having those cycling lands in there, having a couple of cycling spells and stuff might be really useful because you also get a free one one every single time you do it. Yep. <laughs> Kaidel's another good one because Kaidel, again, is going to tap for more mana the more cards you've drawn. So cycling just allows you to draw more cards. And it combines really well with Ravel Soul Tender for a partner commander because at the beginning of your upkeep, you can return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand with the Soul Tender. So this with Kaidel means you're almost always going to be able to get some mana back every time you cycle something. Or if it's a one-cost cycler, you get it for free with Kaidel because she's always going to be able to tap for that mana you paid for it. Yeah, really good point. Um, I'm going to say Zur the Enchanter now because there are a lot of enchantments that we'll talk about in a second that are very good with cycling, and Zur is just able to search them out. But uh, I don't know if that's the route you want to go with Zur. I mean, no one's going to believe you if you don't just build the really powerful like Doomsday version, so you might as well b build that version Yeah, in my estimation. If you Sorry. pulled out Zur and was like, this is a cycling deck, I'd be like, yeah, big. It's one of those things. Okay, well, chance. after I kill you, we'll see. I'll yeah. look through your deck and I'll verify <laughs> that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what old mechanics work well with this new mechanic? Well, it's very similar. And I think Amonkhet as a block is very interested in creating value from the graveyard. So yeah. a lot of those mechanics overlap with similar things. So we've got like discard, flashback. Um, so uh, looting. Yep. Delve is a good one because you can just get value from cards in the graveyard. Yeah, uh, because you always have to pay for a cycling cost. Delve helps you feel a little better about it afterwards yeah. it, it gives you that mana back maybe if you then cast treasure cruise right you, yeah. you, know, you pay, pay three one mana cyclers put them in there delve those away and it's almost like you didn't pay mana for that and you just drew a ton of cards yeah with the locust god and now i kill you with all my insects i wish that was a magical christmas name but it's actually <laughs> just very doable uh just graveyard recursion in general so anything mm -hmm. that's like i'm gonna put this in here and draw a card but later i'm gonna use it still yeah uh, just because it's in the graveyard so discard actually i want to point out in Amonkhet, we saw a lot of cards that say when you either discard, discard or cycle a card, mm -hmm. you get an effect. And so discard might pair very well with cycling now because there are a bunch of cards 
that are payoffs basically. So we're talking about, and, and I guess we can just go into the next section, which is uh, individual cards that work well with the cycling mechanic. And we can name some of the ones that were literally designed for the block. That's a good one. Archfiend of Ifnir. Uh, people were a little upset we didn't say this in the, <laughs> the set review. It's pretty good though. Three black black for a five four flying demon. Whenever you cycle or discard another card, put a minus one minus one counter on each creature your opponent's control, and you can cycle this card away as well for two mana. I played a limited game where someone cycled this away and then regrew it and then played it. I was like, oh, well. this thing is broken and limited. It's crazy, and I think yeah. it could be good in commander, but the deck has to have a lot of cycling or of, discard. Yeah, or discard because a five four for five mana flyer is not that good. You have to be reliably putting negative one counters on all of your opponent's stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you can do that, that card is really good. There's yeah. Drake Haven also. So every time you cycle or discard a card, you pay uh, one. You pay one, pay and then one. you and then you get a two-two flying Drake. So you kind of it's kind of Talrands, but for cyclers instead of instants and sorceries and yeah. discards. Astral uh, Astral Slide is sort oh, of the yeah. big name, and these are all three drop enchantments. If you know this, that's why Zer is really good. Uh, it's two in the white. Whenever a player cycles a card, you may exile target creature. If you do, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So for cycling, you also get a rebuy and enter the battlefield ability, or murder a token, or get rid of a blocker. Lots of different things you can do with Astral Slide. I wonder, just with like Archaeomancer in that, you could just constantly get the same cycler back, right, and then yeah. cycle it again. And yeah. just kind of oh that's right and just have okay master balance back so up. you're just drawing a lot of cards like if you had a one mana cycler yeah stuff like that there's lightning rift uh one in a red whenever you, a player cycles a card you can pay one and then it does two damage to a creature or player this just ends up being great uh if you're able it to have been time. called bolt rift <laughs> yeah right it bolts people coming yeah it's yeah <laughs> it's cool though oh, sorry yeah. sorry not bolt rift shock rift. shock rift yeah shock you're, rift, you're gonna yeah. kill so many things with lightning rift in games of edh I challenge, by the way, people to look around. Every time you're not doing anything or about to hop in your phone, just look at the toughnesses of all the creatures on the board and see what the most common toughness is and then start building towards that. Um, Splendid Reclamation is a good one. So this puts all of your lands that are in your graveyard onto the battlefield uh, if you've cycled a bunch of lands. There's not just the bicycle lands. There's also the deserts now. Yep. And there was other cycling lands that in came the in the commander product. Yeah, yeah, so there's... Like I said, we might be at a point now where the cycling deck is a real thing. And what a sweet deck that will be because you're just going to be constantly going through your deck, right? Mm -hmm. Every card you have cantrips into a new card. So at the very least, you can just very quickly just look at most of your deck and find yeah. the cards you need. Um, we all remember Wes playing a SRAM deck. Yeah. It felt like he was just always drawing cards and, and always had a full grip. So cycling kind of gets that same effect for yeah. a little more mana. I like that. Um, some other individual cards we didn't mention I want to mention this one because it's one of my favorite cards of all time. Wheel of Fortune. Right. So that's going to be discarding cards and is going to sort of have to do with similar things that cycling wants. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our last ability here, or last mechanic here, and it's Afflict. <laughs> it's interesting. It's something that causes opponents not want to not want to block your creatures because if they do, they'll still do damage to you. So it's like Afflict 3. If you're if this creature becomes blocked, it does 3 damage to target opponent. Or it's, actually opponent. it's actually a, a target, or that opponent loses, loses 3 life, life which right. is kind of important. It's not because, damage. Yeah, Afflict is loss of life and not damage, and it's therefore not preventable by certain effects and not doubled by certain damage doubling effects also. Oh, interesting. Right, yeah. right. It's also not combat damage, so something like Constant Miss wouldn't necessarily stop it. Yeah, definitely. Um, although they could just block in that case if they're going to fog. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, from the wording, the afflict creature is not the creature dealing the damage. At first, I was thinking you could, like, equip the dagger of the wor of the worthy, which kind of gives a creature afflict to, like, uh, Raving Dead or Scythe Claw or something like that. And 
then even if they blocked, they would still be afflicted and lose half their life. But that's not actually how it works because afflict is is not damage that's stemming from that creature. So, yeah. dang it. I was hoping that would be the case, but none, none of those shenanigans. Well, you do have cards like Neheb the Eternal, though, that has afflict. And also, at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you add red tier mana pool for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. So, Neheb can just, like, get you tons of mana through afflict. He's always going to at least give you three mana if he attacks and gets blocked. Uh, sometimes four if four. they don't block. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, there's a bunch of combos running around with Neheb uh, with stuff like Aggravated Assault. So, Neheb actually that mana that you get from his ability because of afflict pays for the additional combat step from yeah. aggravated assault and then the next time you attack even if they block take even they've taken even more damage you get even more mana you pay for aggravated assault and you can get into oh, these right. loops where yeah. if they don't have something that kills neheb when it attacks he's just going to kill them one way or the other. Yeah, and they had the Eternal finally making Fireball a viable card, by the way. <laughs> um, let's hey, see. Hey, whatever. Kaidel and Vile <laughs> Smasher made Fireball. Yeah, it's true. Viable. There's Wildfire Eternal, who's a 1-4 with Afflict 4, and then when it attacks and isn't blocked, you can cast an instant sorcery card from your hand without paying its mana cost. So, cheating of some mana cost there. Man, if Wildfire Eternal ever attacks in a game of Commander, you block that thing. You block that thing. You take that for life. Yeah, I don't want... I don't know what they've got, that, but I don't want them casting some, like you know, nine mana cost spell for free. Even just an insurrection, and then they just sack all your creatures. <laughs> no, they, yeah, that's true. I was like, they've already attacked, but yes, sack all your creatures would be bad. Um, let's talk about some commanders that would pair well with this. So Eroas is a good one, because yeah, you can just attack with impunity. Menace. Yeah. Yeah, it gives a menace, and they uh, don't take any damage. It says prevent all damage to creatures you control. So uh, attacking creatures you control? Is that what it says? I think yeah, it is. Yeah, to attacking creatures you yeah. control. Uh, there's also Rakdos, Lord of Riots. And this card is actually as is a great addition uh, because Rakdos lets you cast creature spells for one less for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. So combat damage or not, you're going to be able to cheat out some stuff. You also can't stuff. cast Rakdos unless an opponent has lost life. So, right. you know, a flick puts them in a position where they're going to lose life. Yeah. They either block it or don't block it, but somehow they lose life. Yeah. Um, Sig River Cutthroat is another good one. Oh, yeah. Sig says uh, it's a 1-3 legendary creature, though. At the end of turn, if an opponent lost three or more life this turn, you get to draw a card. So, again, a flick can put them in a position where they just don't have a choice. They can they can either block or not block, but they're losing life. Yeah. So Some mechanics that work really well with this, just in general combat shenanigans, making people afraid to block you so that you get the afflict through or you don't. But even so, then being like, haha, well, thanks to the damage getting through. I can now do X, Y, and Z. And if people do block it, being like, ugh, well, maybe I, at least I won't trade because it has a flick. You can find ways to get past that. It's very fragile, though, seeing as combat is just a tough thing to deal with. Yeah, bloodthirst mechanic, maybe. It's not something we see in Commander much. Bloodthirst is usually just an additional effect if your opponent has taken damage that turn or depending on how much damage they've taken. Right. Most of these cards are just not good in Commander, but... It's possible you could get into a type of deck that's just like guaranteeing doing damage, in which case, maybe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, it's still it, Bloodthirst cares about damage dealt, so hopefully people don't block because they don't want to get afflicted. Who knows? Uh, Goad is one that I thought up. Uh, oh, creatures Bloodthirst to... is damage. But that, but you're making combat hard for your opponents. Is the true, whole thing. true, so but like, it's not loss of life. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're making combat hard, then it, it it's all loose, guys. It's not great. We're just um, we're grasping at straws for this one because afflict yes. is not that great for, no. for commander. Yeah. <laughs> but you, so you have stuff like goad where it makes other creatures attack, and so if they're tapped down, that means you can get them for combat damage regardless of afflict. So you're just kind of messing with combat. I think if you're going to want to put afflict in your deck, individual cards is prepares really well with though all the propaganda ghostly prison effects because if people can't attack you and you can attack other people with impunity, great. You don't have to worry about crackback. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Grand melee-esque effects, which are ones that just sort of make everybody attack all the time, and yeah. therefore they can't really be blocking or it's hard to block. Yeah. Um, Strionic Resonator, another one, because this is a triggered ability. It triggers when your opponent blocks. So you could double up. Uh, and the Heb, I think that's probably good enough. Yeah, Because all of a sudden it just pays for itself mana-wise. There's Wound Reflection, uh, which definitely just... You're trying to kill people as fast as possible, right? So if they lose life from Afflict... And this is not combat damage either. Yeah. This is life they've lost this turn. They, it doubles at the end of each uh, end step. They lose the life equal to how much they lost. Sulfuric Vortex, just trying to end the game sooner. Kill everyone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Afflict is not good for Commander. It's not great. It's not great. There's yeah. A Rakdos deck may be a Sig deck. That's about it, Real in realistically. Yeah, and exactly. even then, you're maybe one or two of them. It's not like you're putting in every Afflict creature or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. All right. Looking so, over these mechanics, I would say cycling, both having been around the longest and having the newest, coolest cards in this set is the most viable to put into a deck. And also cycling cards just fit into any deck regardless because you're able to cash it in for a new card. They so. just can never be that bad. Yeah. No, you shouldn't run the generic like 5-5 five, five that cycles for one because it's just not a good card on either end. Yeah. But in general, you could do a lot worse than a card that like destroys a creature or cycles or yeah. even destroys artifact or enchantment in cycles. It's not the best. But, you know, if you're more budgety, the flexibility it gives you is kind of, it, it can never be like an F in your deck. It can be yeah. like a C, you know, yeah. at worst. Because pay two mana, draw another card is just not that bad. Yep. All right. To the listeners, what did we miss in our old school comparisons? Is there something that makes Afflict just so bonkers good that we didn't think about? I think Neheb is good, but I don't think yeah. Afflict is good. I mean, I think my mono red deck is going to become a Neheb one soon. So I can Seems play, sweet. So I can play Incinerate and all those cards again. That'd be sweet. Just have tons of mana and tons yeah. of extra turns. Tons of bye mana, bye. tons of turns. Yeah. Play or Final extra Fortune. Steps, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm, loving, I'm definitely playing Final Fortune in that deck. <laughs> just like Jimmy's favorite card. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a gambler. Oh, it's great. Um, <laughs> are, are you looking to utilize any of these strategies as well, listeners, into your next deck? Or is there a commander that's like, holy crap, Afflict's going to be great in this? Or Goad? Or, or not Goad, sorry. Or like, you know, Cycling, whatever else exert all that stuff i'd like to see how people are definitely taking on these effects they're not i think kaladesh had a lot more hits yeah um this one is a lot more limited based but still pretty good all right make sure to visit our sponsor card kingdom go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone that's our affiliate link and if you use it you're helping the Command Zone podcast stick around Woo! and continue to happen as well as game nights. You're going to buy Magic cards anyway. Just use that affiliate link and you will be supporting this show. Yeah, you can also support the show by just getting Ultra Pro products because Ultra Pro supports this show. We give away so much of their stuff every single time we do a game nights episode. They've been so gracious and, you know, they've clearly upped their game. Even the, uh, you know, people always used to complain about X, Y, and Z sleeves and we found that they've been making improvements to all of them across the board in different ways. Well, we they're using that Eclipse technology now on yeah. their other sleeves so that they're durability is just so much higher than they used to be even their like full art sleeves yep. the sriracha sleeves we've used uh and of course the eclipse is just so much better than they used to be those are the best sleeves on the market right now they've got awesome dice they've got backpacks and stuff they are just doing so many cool things and at a good price point i remember when people used to buy a lot of imported sleeves it was tough to find I, when i went to japan once i was like i gotta buy as many as i can because they're so much cheaper here but that's not an option that's available to everyone and not to mention places like cardkingdom.com slash command zone stock all that ultra pro product all right, moving on to the end step, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I guess Comic-Con's at the top of the list, right? I mean, you're going, I'm not. 
Josh goes to the San Diego quite often. I go down for Comic-Con at least once every year. I love the convention. I love seeing everyone out there. My big thing is I'm trying to find all of the cool cosplayers and stuff this year and really highlight the fan experience because, you know, it's it's fun to wait in line for Hall H and stuff, but I think the passion is more fun. Of, of all the people that are there, the cool cosplays are going to happen. I'm going to be running around with the camera, so hopefully I capture some neat moments. Listen, Comic-Con is awesome. If you haven't go gone, you should definitely go. But once you've been a lot of times, man, I'm excited to not go. <laughs> it's just exhausting. I do not blame you. It's a you lot of waiting it. in line. Yeah, a lot of waiting. But if you haven't seen, the spectacle of it is very, very cool. So Yeah. And it, also, there's those cool uh, Planeswalker. Yeah. Yeah. And and they've done a better job printing a lot of them this year and in the past years outside the first year. So it's easier to get your hands on one without having to waiting in line all I night. I still like miss the did. black foil ones. Those ones were, were cool. They were pretty cool. I'm glad that they're not that, you know, cause at a certain point it's going to run out of novelty. So True. they got to do cool new stuff and you know, it's, it's fun. If for the novelty of being a collector, I enjoy having that option at least. And it's all about the exclusives at Comic-Con. Well, check um, what is it, where is all your, the stuff that you're doing. Oh, yeah. Be? You should be able to see all of it on the Sci-Fi YouTube channel, I believe, after the fact. Because this will come out when Comic-Con is done. But you'll see all that stuff there. And also, we're going to be filming the stuff that we do. You'll find that at DXP Official uh, for the Disney XP blocks. That's going to be on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And if, you ha if you're not already, you got to tune into Polaris Primetime, which is whoop, Jimmy's whoop. new Disney show on Disney XD on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Pacific. Although I noticed that I could watch it because I have the East Coast feed at 6 p.m. Right. So, you know, if you and got if the you, East Coast feed, you can watch it early. And if you're in major cities, I think four of them and have YouTube TV, 30 month or 30 days free trial, you can watch it at midnight on Friday because I think they just release them as soon as the, uh, the day starts. So basically you cannot avoid it. And if you are not watching it, I don't Find know what's going on with a you. a friend that has cable. <laughs> Speaking of friends, <laughs> that's why I started laughing. <laughs> I avoided it the entire episode. Oh, but that was a good segue. Alex Segway Kessler man. and Ben Bateman are our friends. They are also the co-hosts of the Masters of Modern podcast, a podcast about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You should definitely check them out on collected.company right next to us. And you can follow them on Twitter at the MMcast. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. You can find the video versions of this show at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. See all of the cards we talk about, read them as it goes along. And a big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for doing the living card animations that start and end the show. You can find them on Twitter at living cards MTG. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.